What's going on, guys? My name is Taekwon. I'm one half of the Competent Conversations. Thank you guys for tuning in to this very special episode. I wanted to talk to you guys about something that's been on my mind for a couple a couple days now. And before we begin, I just want to say I hope you guys are all safe during this time of quarantine and all this other stuff that's going on. Hope you guys are all being safe. Hope your families are safe. Now let's get into it. So recently, I've been watching a lot of Criminal Minds, and I typically like to watch these like shows that uh, have some type of educational basis to them. So even though it has like a little drama to it, but it also has an educational value. And one thing I like about their setup is that they have these little quotes that they tend to throw in. Sometimes it's before the episode starts. Sometimes it's like during the episode, or other times it's at the end. But normally, when it's at the beginning, they try to find a way to tie the quote into the episode. And most of these quotes that they get, I don't even know where they're from. Some of them are like poets, some of them are inventors, or whatever the case may be. But they're just great quotes. So as I'm watching the episode, I hear this quote from Toni Morrison. And the quote is, when there is pain, there are no words. All pain is the same. So that made me think, how, how can you, like, where's the context at, right? First off, I want to know where this is from, but it has a deeper value to it. When there is pain, there are no words. All pain is the same. I started thinking, you know, because normally, like, for me, when I hear something like this, I try to try to find a way to play devil's advocate, right? I try to find a way to refute the facts, just to see if there's any difference in that. Maybe I could come up with my own little saying based off of that. So I started thinking about it, and I'm like, yo, I gotta record an episode. I just gotta, like, elaborate on this. So I wanna take you guys through different forms of pain. I want you guys to sit back and enjoy this episode. And if there's anything you don't agree with and you wanna dispute or any comments you have, Feel free to reach me on Instagram at all I do is fit. And you can also get up the email. That's all I do is fit at gmail.com. Facebook is Taekwon Lino. And Snapchat is all I do is fit. I'm on all those platforms all the time because we got nothing else to do. So first things first. I started thinking about the pain, right? And I can't relate to everybody's pain. And the reason why is because egocentrism. That's typically when we fail to put ourselves in another person's shoes. We fail to see things from their point of view. So for somebody who's broken an arm or broken a limb, I've never experienced that pain. It's hard for me to sit there and say, yo, I know exactly how that feels. But for somebody who's lost a relative or a close friend, I can say, I'm sorry. I know how that feels. Here's my condolences. And I started thinking more and more like the pain. Why can I not relate to the the injury, but I can relate to the actual loss of a person? Is it based on experience? But. Tony Morrison said, all pain is the same. 
So that means I'm not digging deep enough. I have to I have to find out why she's saying all pain is the same. Because now I found a way to refute it. And I need to figure out how I can see through her lens. Again, that egocentrism. I want to be able to see it from her view now. Because I don't know where the hell she's getting this information from. But if it's a fact, I want to be able to live that. And I want to be able to spread that message as well. So... Started digging deeper. And I noticed that as individuals, we all tend to we tend to uh hold on to our individualism, right? We tend to try to lead our own lives in a way where other people can't follow us. And when there are followers, we tend to shame them because they're trying to fit in instead of standing out in their own way. But we all have a rebellious nature as well. So when we're forced to divide, that's when we unite. So all the time that we try to separate ourselves, we're not feeling each other's pain. But when we're able to find a commonality or, or some type of um, common pain, we can form the same bonds with one another. And then all that pain is relatively the same. Now... I started thinking a little bit more. September 11th, 2001. The day that the Twin Towers fell. I don't even have to say that. You guys already know what day that is. That day rocked the whole country. It put everybody on edge. A lot of people at this point in time, you can still remember where you was when the towers collapsed. When you seen the first plane fly into the first tower and then the second plane. You know exactly where you was at and what you were doing. Why is that, though? We've never had that type of tragedy hit us before to that magnitude. And that's probably why we can remember those those days, right? But people that are in Cali share the same pain that the people in New York did. Why is that? And I started thinking maybe it's because when those towers collapsed, we were exposed. We became vulnerable. Our fear started to shine more. And because our fears shone, we were able to relate to one another. See, those towers collapsing, they put a hole in our in our whole basis of living, I guess. This whole time growing up, we think America is a super country. You know, can't nobody touch us. We're on top of the world. There's nothing but third world countries around us. Like, we're the shit. That's how we're, we're taught because of our patriotism, right? They push that on us. So we thinking, don't nobody got the balls to try to strike us. And we got all the good shit in here in this country. That day showed us that we can be touched. And such a tragic event that happened in New York could have happened in L.A. It could have happened in Chicago. It could have happened in Miami. So we are all able to relate to that pain because we don't know what kind of random act can happen. So we're all able to say, you know what, I feel sorry because that could have been me. Different time, different place, that could have been me. 
that pain right there is what kept us together. That pain made us start to say, hey, we all have a common enemy. Let's figure out a way to to attack this together. So I thought about the pain and how it can be defined. So naturally, I just, you know, I Googled it like, yo, what's the basic definition for pain? Because at this age, we know what words mean. We know how to use them, but we don't necessarily know the definitions of every single word. So when I looked it up, it said pain is the physical suffering or discomfort. And it can be caused by like an illness or injury or whatever. So I wanted to, you know, I wanted to like do more research on that. But then I started thinking like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to speak anybody else's words. I want to be able to, you know, just put my thoughts into this podcast and give you guys whatever, you know, I didn't want to be like reciting anything else from another article. So I didn't want to dig too deep, but based on that definition, it doesn't say anything about the mental pain. Or the emotional pain that we sometimes struggle through. I guess you can even say there's a level of spiritual pain that sometimes lies within us as well. But I don't want to talk about the spiritual. That's a little too deep for me. So with that being said, it's like, damn, all right. Pain is emotional. Pain is mental. Pain is physical. But it's also a signal. It's... It's something that we can all relate to with this quarantine, right? This quarantine is a level of discomfort that we're not used to. So I can say that this discomfort is somewhat of a pain because we're used to having a certain level of freedom and we're used to able being able to go wherever we wanted to without the government infringing on that freedom. Now we're all trapped. But this signal is like, it, it's a mental... It's a mental pain, I want to say, but it's also a mental signal of that, you know, when this quarantine is all over, we're going to be able to rise above this. We're going to be able to um, aspire to newer, newer heights, you know, all those things that we used to say, oh, I don't want to do because I don't have the money or, you know, um, I don't want to travel because this, that, and third. Now that you're forced to stay inside the house, your dreams change a little bit. You start saying, well, damn, I wish I would have taken that opportunity before. So now it's like a signal. It's, it's telling you like, yo, when we get up out this quarantine, you're going to have to do something better for yourself. You're going to have to see those brighter days because right now these are dark days. So we're hurting right now so our future can be more cherishable. That's how I'm looking at it. Because, again, I'm trying to relate all this pain. So this pain... For the quarantine, it's like it's a lower level of intensity, but it is wearing on the mind. It is wearing on our. I don't know, like. I guess our bodies are trapped, right? You know, they say you can't. Can't trap the mind, you can lock the body, you can't trap the mind. But I want to say the mind is only as free as you allow it to be in that sense as well, because. For the most part, a lot of people are just probably binge watching TV, waiting for this to blow over. But if you're not educating the mind, you're just trapping it along with the body. 
I guess. You create your, you create your own stress in a sense as well. Because if you're not allowing the mind to grow, you're becoming stagnant, you're becoming bitter at the same time because you're not doing anything else to to grow your mind. Which leads me to my next point of stress being that trigger, like high levels of cortisol, that can trigger a certain level of mental pain. And as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, shit, what example can I actually use, right? And the, the mental pain usually comes from, like, exhaustion and, and despair. So ride with me for, you for a minute. See me? Let me ride out real quick. Imagine living paycheck to paycheck. A lot of us might know what that feels like, but I don't want to put us all in a box. So... Imagine living paycheck to paycheck, and you've been doing this for years on end, and you've been going from dead-end job to dead-end job. You might even got a kid or two to feed, and you might have um, a deadbeat significant other. So imagine that this one day, you know, like every day you grinding, trying to put food on the table and everything like that, trying to get these kids a nice roof over their head, trying to give them everything that they desire as far as toys and candies and all that stuff, right? And you're also trying to put them through school and daycare costs X amount of money. And let's see, you might got car troubles from time to time that put you in a hole. So imagine all that shit just compounding over the course of five years or so. And then that one day, you wake up thinking, oh shit, I applied for a promotion at my job, you know, this is going to be good. I'm, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to show them what I'm made of. You get to that job. And they tell you, we decided to go with someone else. And to be honest, we're not too satisfied with your work. We're going to have to let you go. Imagine they say that to you. All right, so you just lost your job when you thought everything was going to be good. So now you got to figure out how to make ends meet. If you're already in debt, you already got a lot of bills you need to pay. You probably got rent due in the week or the following week. You're probably taking rent money out of each check. Now, you know when you apply for a new job, you got to you gotta go to the interview. You got to do phone interviews. Um, you got to wait for them to even see your resume and your application. And by the time you get past orientation and setup and everything like that, you got to wait two or three weeks for that first check to come in. That's like a month. Imagine having a, with those two kids and whatever, and, you know, imagine having to stretch one check for a whole month and maybe a half. That would really wear on your mind. And in that point in time, you might just want to break down because you know what you got to do, but enough is enough. Life becomes overwhelming. You just want to just, like, give up. So that feeling of despair... It's something we can all relate to. I'm not saying that's my situation. I don't have any kids, so that's definitely not my situation. But imagine being in that situation. Like, we see it all the time in movies and shit like that as well. And people just break down. That's because the pain is so overwhelming. But like these movies and these TV shows and everything like that, when they show you some type of pain and you wince at it, that's because you can relate to that pain. 
maybe you've never been in that situation, but maybe you like you get so involved with the character growth and you want to see them do good and then life just hits them hard, right? That kind of pain, it's relatable. So that just goes along with her, her quote of how all pain is the same. And then I started thinking even more, like, you know, because pain can be a motivator when you're in that little situation, that little rut. After you've endured so much pain, you decide to rise up. You know, you don't, your back is against the wall. You got nothing else to lose. You decide to rise up. And in that sense, the pain is a lot more of a motivator than it is a setback. And you guys might be in that situation as well. This quarantine is one of those situations. Right now, it's a certain level of pain that we're facing that we're dealing with on a day-in and day-out basis. But man, once we get out this mug, I'm telling you, we're going to be motivated to do a lot more. It's crazy, though, because like the other night... I was, um, but actually, it was probably like the day I seen the episode or whatever. I knew I wanted to like do more um, in, involvement with this once I heard that quote. But I was like, yo, I'm about to go to sleep early. And I'm going to wake up super early and be super productive. Like, I already started building up my hopes and dreams and shit like that. I was like, yeah, this is about to be a good ass day. Now, mind you, quarantine time, I've been going to sleep at like five o'clock in the morning. To somewhere up 8 o'clock in the morning. So my hours are all fucked up. But I'm like, yo, I'm about to go to sleep super early. So I was in bed by 10, 30, 11. Knocked out. 1.30 in the morning, I find myself awake. And I'm pissed the fuck off. Because I had this dream. It was a nightmare, but... I don't want to seem like no puss. <laughs> it was a nightmare, but... It, was, it wasn't like no scary shit. It was just more so like a feeling of being overwhelmed. So part I'm a part-time server, right? And a lot of servers can relate. Sometimes you get these like weird-ass server dreams. And you be like, shit, I forgot to give so-and-so ranch or whatever. Or I forgot to give them their change or whatever the case may be. My dream was more involved in like, to the emotional level, it was it was there. Like I found myself out of quarantine, getting back into the groove of things of work, and I found myself working a twelve hour shift from opening to close. So you got added responsibilities as far as like checking people and making sure everything is set up and everything like that before everybody else gets there. So I got these added responsibilities, and then I started um you know start knocking shit out. The morning shift is there, um, it's great, everything is fine. But then the midship comes in, and that's where all the other servers come in. And at the same time, for me, I'm looking at everybody coming in, and I see old managers that left and everything like that. And I'm like, damn, I ain't seen them in a minute. What are they doing in my store? And for some reason, it was just like, this is the one location that was open, and everybody was just trying to get their hours in. But we got a lot of managers in one room. They all got different ways of doing things. So I'm like, I right, bet. Let me... um. Let me just find out who to respond to, like who's the immediate, you know, supervisor in that situation. And at the same time of all the servers coming in and the management coming in, we get bombarded 
with a shit ton of guests because we're like the only restaurant open. So I'm like, all right, I've been in this situation before. I got this. I know exactly what to do. I got sat with six tables. And for some reason, the table map was all distorted. Like, I had a section I ain't never even seen in my life before. I'm like, oh, shit. All right, but you know what? I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to rise above it. And I started going to each table and greeting them and, like, telling them, you know, my name and everything like that. And they were so involved with, like, the questions. And they're so involved with, like, just giving me their order right off the rip. And I'm like, yo, I got other motherfuckers to take care of. But... I couldn't, like, just tell them that shit. I just had to, like, just wait and be patient, right? So, as I'm trying to look at these orders, for some reason, everything is coming so fast, I can't even write everything down. So, I'm just repeating it back to them, hoping that I'm going to memorize it. When I get to the computer to put it in, every computer is taken, and I'm just losing my memory of that order. And then we also had, like, a new menu for some reason. I'm just, like, super overwhelmed. I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? I literally just walked outside and <laughs> for some reason I was outside for six hours in this dream. And I was like, fuck it. I don't know what's going on with my tables, but you know what? I've calmed down. Let me go back and, and handle the situation. When I went back in is when I actually woke up. And then I'm standing at my on my bed and I'm like, damn, that was one badass dream. Like, what the fuck is going on? And um, I started thinking about how high stress levels can cause pain. And that was like mental pain for me. Like I was on the verge of breaking down because like I dead I was outside for six hours because I was overwhelmed with all these people and shit. So I'm like, damn, I don't want to go back to sleep right now because if I do, I got to face these motherfuckers again. So I just stood up to like five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was ready to go to sleep. <laughs> but at the same time now, let's go back to um, positive pain, right? Uh, sorry about that segue. I just had to tell you guys. Um, so my other occupation is being a personal trainer. And that's where the positive pain comes in handy at, right? So now when you go to the gym and you're working out and everything like that, you get sore. For a lot of people that don't go to the gym and you get you go for like the first week or whatever, you're super sore. Maybe even the first day you might be super sore because you worked out parts of your body that wasn't actually um, used to whatever rigorous extent. So when you feel sore, that kind of gets down on you. But you always hear like when you're working out, no pain, no gain. So you kind of ride with the pain a little bit. And your body starts to adjust. And then when you really in the in the lifestyle, when you're embedded in the lifestyle, you get used to that pain. You kind of welcome it. You're like, damn, I don't feel sore today. What's going on? That pain serves as that as that indicator of like, yo, I might be plateauing. I'm too used to this regimen. I got to change something up. And then you start to think, how can I endure more? So you change your regimen, you try to go harder each and every time now, because it's that indicator of like, yo, I need to push myself, it's that motivator as well. So you start to do this shit. But have you ever stepped back and said, why do I like this pain? You don't like the pain of breaking an arm, you don't like the pain of, and if all pain is the same, let's go with that. If all pain is the same, why is this pain more welcoming? 
And I want to say it's because it's fun. I don't know. <laughs> but with this kind of pain, you um, your, your brain, it starts to release endorphins to lighten the load a little bit. So this pain doesn't seem as intense anymore. It's it's a weird phenomenon. I don't know if I agree that all pain is the same. Like I've been trying to like connect the dots here. I don't know. So found this other quote, and I don't even know the source, so I apologize. But it says, God gave us pain to remind us we are alive. So we will learn to value the joys and beauty of the world. And it doesn't say what type of pain there. So maybe all pain is the same in the spiritual sense, maybe, or like just in the utmost sense of it, it's just all the same. No matter what kind of pain it is, it's to remind you that you are alive and that you have another day to do something different, maybe. And the last quote, I should have ended with that one. That was a good one. But the last one I found was that pain is not suffering. Pain is physical and suffering is mental. And that one is powerful. That one I could probably unwrap a whole nother episode on. Because biologically speaking, the pain is that it's the nerve endings firing pulses to the um to the brain, letting you know that there's some type of pain going on in a certain type of the body, certain part of the body. But the suffering is like when you keep thinking about that pain. It's like when you have a headache and you keep telling yourself, yo, my fucking head hurts. Like, yo, why does this person keep talking to me? Like, yo, why are the lights so bright? Yo, I can't deal with this. Those thoughts, those are that's you suffering. But now when you got a headache and you um I don't know, see ice cream and you really want ice cream or something like that, and you get the ice cream, sometimes you don't think about the headache. Or sometimes, like, let's put it in this way. Like, if you got your favorite significant other, right? Like, your, your person, right? You're at home and you got a headache or whatever, and they come walking through the door. And you see them, the most attractive person to you. And you just light up for that moment. And that blick of time, you don't have a headache anymore because you're not thinking about it. The pain is there, but you don't think about it. So that means the suffering is mental. That's a lot to un- that's a lot to unwrap there. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. I mean, is all pain the same? I like to think that it is now because of that last quote about the God and giving us pain to remind us we're alive. In that sense, I'm like, shit, maybe it is. I- I'm still confused. Maybe you guys can help sort these thoughts out. Let me know what you think. I'm on Instagram at all I do is fit. Snapchat at all I do is fit. Taekwon Lino on Facebook and Email is all I do is fit at gmail.com. Thank you guys for tuning in. Until next time.